for listening to the Dearest Doula podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Sines, and this is episode 84. Hello and welcome back, Dearest Doula community. I'm really excited to reintroduce you to today's guest for our birth worker feature. This is a returning guest. She is a Birthing From Within certified doula, a childbirth educator, and is currently serving clients in the Blacksburg and Roanoke, Virginia area. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Shalene Massey. Thank you very much. I'm very excited to be on the show again. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure as always. So, Shalene, you actually are, as I already mentioned, a returning guest here on the show. Um, if our listeners haven't already checked it out, you should definitely check out episode 73, wherein Shalene talks to us all about blessing ways and mother blessings. Um, just in case our listeners haven't had a chance to check out that episode and gotten to know you a little, why don't you go ahead and give us just a, a short introduction on, on who you are? Thank you. My name again is Shalene Massey. I'm a certified doula and childbirth educator through Birthing From Within, and I work in the New River Valley and Roanoke areas of Virginia, uh, doing doula services and teaching childbirth classes and doing prenatal and postpartum body work and mother blessing ceremonies. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So here on the show, something that I really like to challenge all of my speakers to is uh, to have them share the the short and sweet of what it is that they do. Now, I know as a beginning birth worker, I struggled an awful lot trying to explain what it is that a doula does to people that had never heard of it before. So Shaleen, let's say you're at the park and you run across a potential client and you happen to mention you're a doula and then that inevitable question comes up, well, what does a doula do? How would you explain that in around 10 seconds or less? Well, I'm smiling as you ask that question because I would say the textbook version is uh, doula is a professional who provides non-judgmental, emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, and informational support to a woman and her partner during pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum. And as I meet with people now and share what I do, uh, primarily what is valuable about doulas and a doula uh, support during labor and birth is a doula holds the space, the overall atmosphere of your birth space. And also, I tell people it's hard to put in a bullet point what I do. Um, I feel like most of it is intuitive and um, it's really moment by moment, and that's actually what I help to keep the mothers in during her labor is uh, really going moment to moment and not being attached to the outcome of her birth and really embracing her labor as it unfolds. Awesome. That was great. I love that explanation because, you know, you're right. I mean, I, I do feel that kind of grudging sense whenever someone is about to ask me that I know, okay, here we go. I'm going to have to say, you know, I, I can go ahead and start with that more generalized um, description, but then I know it's going to get a little finer than that. And so I like that you just go straight to it. So that's awesome. <laughs> 
So as you know, Shalene, this show is created for that new and prospective birth worker. And something I think that we could do that would be really inspiring for them is to hear the story of what actually inspired you to become a birth worker. So if you wouldn't mind taking us back to that moment when you realized that this is something you wanted to do, um, we'd love to hear it. And then just also kind of be sure to include what you were doing prior to becoming a birth worker. And if you had any particular struggles in transitioning into birth work, um, go ahead and share with us what that was like. Thank you. I remember sitting in a coffee shop, actually it was Panera Bread, and was talking with some ladies that had just found out they were pregnant. And when they were talking about their birth, they were talking about doulas and they had hired um, the same doula. And I was not yet pregnant with my first. And I thought, wow, that, you know, that's an interesting uh, concept or interesting person to have a role to have at their birth. And my husband and I were preparing to move to South Sudan, Africa, as missionaries. And I always thought that birth is intuitive. Birth is normal. Birth is natural. And it never crossed my mind to have anything different than a natural birth or try for a natural birth. Um, But I didn't really focus on that at the time because we were focusing on becoming missionaries and training. And I did... um, bring some birth books and doula books to Sudan for me to have as reading. And when we were in Sudan on our first trip, I found out I was pregnant. I may have been pregnant when I was talking with those ladies and didn't know it. Um, But I was in Sudan for three months before we came back to the U.S. and didn't really even know my due date. So I got a little bit of a taste of what the Sudanese women go through when they don't have their first prenatal um, appointment with their doctor or, you know, don't really know when conception happened and don't know how much to eat and how many grams of protein to eat and all those facts and logistics and things that we need to know as birthing women um, or, you know, being pregnant. And so when I came back to the U.S. after that short time in Sudan, um, the first call I made, or one of the first calls I made, was to that um, that doula friend that we both that some of my friends knew. So she had already had a full schedule around my due date, and I basically begged her to be my doula. And I said, you know, I really uh, value that support. So she was my doula, and I had a, an amazing experience with her in a hospital. And um, that really inspired me to become a doula. But unfortunately, I I had a little bit of a sadness um, because I knew we were going overseas and really wasn't able to train and didn't think I'd be able to practice as a doula. So again, I gathered information um, being out of the country and learned what I could. And I thought, you know, there is going to be a time being in Sudan that I might get asked to be a part of a birth um, and to help in some way. And being the only white woman in that area, um, it's very um, natural to think that I have some knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. <laughs> so I thought I need to learn what I can. And there was a woman that was our laundry lady and um, uh, the wife of one of our staff workers for the orphanage that my husband was building. Um, that was pregnant and I got word one evening 
that she was in labor. Actually, she had just been to our little compound, um, our Tuchel, or our little, she lives in a Tuchel, but our little tent that we were staying in, she had been there to do our laundry. And that evening, um, I took her home to her little Tuchel, and she um, called me, or, or a pastor next door called me and said that she was in labor. And her husband actually was on the compound where we were, where I was staying, my husband and I, um, and he was our translator. So I actually came out of my tent when I got the call, and he was sleeping on a cot in front of our tent outside. And I woke him up, and he was a little bit startled. And I said, Kulong, which is his wife's name, is in labor. So I packed him up in our Land Cruiser and got what I was, anything I could find that might help for the birth. I got some towels, I got some surgical gloves, and I proceeded to drive him at about 11 o'clock at night to his wife's little tuchel, little mud hut, and uh, was there to witness uh, her birth. And it was very amazing to see her um, sitting on a cinder block, um, uh, sitting against her bamboo kitchen, only the light of the moon um, was illuminating us. And I tried to put my headlamp on. And I thought, I'm actually destroying the sacredness of this moment. So I turned it off and didn't get my surgical gloves on because, again, I, I felt like, you know, what, what am I doing? This None of this is sanitary and, and birth <laughs> is messy. So <laughs> I, I, I just let that go. And um, there was a, a local woman that actually delivered the baby. And I just was a witness. And... I also played the naive white woman and brought the baby over to the husband that was sitting under a tree kind of far away because it's not cultural to have the husband right present with the wife as she's giving birth in that culture. And I knew that and I knew that I was breaking down some cultural taboo, but I, I did it anyway. And he kind of snickered and laughed and enjoyed that moment of, of holding his baby. Um, so I, I realized in that moment that this is amazing and I want to be a part of this and I want to bring back, you know, if I ever do go back to the U.S. at that time, we were planning on being missionaries indefinitely. I said, I want to bring that back to women in the U.S., that primordial instinctual knowing that this woman had in the bush of Sudan because she had no other option. And, she, you know, she couldn't ask her care provider his thoughts or her thoughts on you know, anything regarding pregnancy or her labor or her birth. And I also realized that, um, you know, the educated uh, women and, and birth workers, um, you know, the book knowledge side is also valuable in third world countries where they don't have that, you know, they don't have books to read to gather information. That's also valuable. So I felt like I had a good blend from that one small experience of what both cultures can glean from each other. So to, to round that up, um, our our plans very much shifted for being our living in South Sudan indefinitely, and we had to evacuate because of the war, and came back to the U.S. and ended up changing our our path. And as I was on the plane and uh, coming back to the U.S., I told my husband, "Now I can look at a doula training and pursue becoming a doula and birth educator." And so, even though our our plans and desires had shifted, I said, "Okay, now I can do this." And um, I started immediately training and and gathering um, my certification and started uh, attending births, and that was in uh, 2011. Oh, that's amazing. This is just, that's been an amazing story to listen to. And thank you so much for taking us to that moment and sharing with us that birth that you were able to witness, like you said, in the bush of South Sudan and um, just an incredibly 
intimate and sacred moment. I'm so glad that we got to hear that with you. And it sounds like you and your husband are, are people that are very full of passion. And I love that you were able to, um, that while things didn't work out for you in South Sudan, you kind of found your next calling to pursue, and that was birth work. And so I think the birth community is all the better for it, for having you with us today. Thank you. Um, no problem. So, okay, so just kind of like going back back into that story. Um, so you have this little one now with you at home. Was there, what was it like transitioning into, into doula work while you have this little one? And the reason I ask that is because I think a lot of our listeners um, tend, to be, t- tend to be already mothers and um, especially a lot of them have little ones at home. And so I feel like this is a really common pain point that holds back a lot of our interested birth workers is this feeling uh-huh. of, oh, well, just, this just isn't the right time. Um, you know, I have these little ones or maybe my children have a lot going on at school. And of course, we always put our, our family and our children first. And so hearing these different creative ways that other people are able to make it work, I think was going to be really empowering for our listeners. So if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of how you managed to make that happen with, with your little girl at home, I think that'd be really good to hear. Well, like I said, I started when I, in 2011 when we first came back from South Sudan. So my uh, my second daughter was not born yet, and uh, I wasn't even pregnant with her. So um, I really got a good foundation of my doula practice um, with, when my, do- my first daughter was, I guess, four. So um, it was really helpful to – she was starting preschool, and actually one of my – um, struggles um, with my practice and first starting was not having consistent and and really reliable childcare in place and really not being able to afford consistent childcare at that time because I was just starting out and my husband was shifting jobs having just come back from overseas. Um, we had a lot to kind of get back together in our in our lives and in our fin- financial uh, place. So I felt like I was always praying and anxious that a birth would happen in the evening or weekend when my husband was available Mm -hmm. to watch our daughter. Uh, But obviously that didn't always happen. So I was begging friends and scrambling to find somebody to watch our daughter and to be on call with me. So I was constantly, you know, facing that hurdle. Um, It always worked out, though. I always had, you know, the friends that I needed to do that. um, But I did feel bad when the birth would go very long and my daughter would be at somebody's house for a long time. I felt like I was, you know, asking too much. Mm -hmm. So when my my practice began to grow and I was able to um, budget for childcare, um, I was able to find um, a friend and a previous client and will be a client again in May. Um, to be a nanny for our daughter. She was going into doing nanny work and for our second daughter. Our first daughter at this point was already in preschool. And so she became a lifesaver to me and I was able to, to really be at peace with whenever the births happen. And also, also I do you know several prenatal meetings and prenatal and postpartum massage in my practice. So um, I do a lot of those meetings in the afternoon, which I would not have had the freedom to do before I had a nanny. Mm-hmm. So I resolved that um, I would have our nanny two or three days a week, and uh, that would free me up to have meetings. And also, she could be on call with me because she understood being on, you know, me being on call. And I could say, hey, you know, I've got somebody to do this week, and keep her up to date with, you know, when I might be out for the day. And she's been very reliable. And I'm, I'm hoping to find that person for when she, during her birth yeah. and also when she is out on maternity leave. So 
Um, but that's really been helpful and freed me up a lot to grow and to be at peace with whenever labor unfolds with each person. Right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And like I said, I think that's going to be really inspiring and um, and just help to encourage a lot of those interested listeners that might just be holding back a little. And so um, in sharing your story, we kind of already touched on one pain point that you mentioned, and that was the whole problem of trying to have um, consistent and reliable child care. And that really moves us beautifully into the next segment. And this is just having you take us to a point in time, like that specific day or point in time where you really struggled as a birth worker. Now, we know as birth workers that things aren't always sunshine and daisies, just like any other line of work. We're going to have our major ups and downs. And I feel it's really important to bring a dose of reality to the show to let our listeners know what the real life is like of being a doula or midwife or whatever line of birth work that we're in. Um, So by having them share this moment, I think it kind of prepares our listeners and gives them that dose of reality. But then something I like to make sure that we also do is touch on how you were able to overcome the struggle and use it to your advantage now. So I'm not sure if that particular um, pain point was the big one that you wanted to share, but if not, did you have another one you wanted to, to talk about? That, that was basically it. But another question that you've um, mentioned is a weakness or um, a you know, weakness or struggle mm-hmm. as a doula. And the big one that I could think of is I desire to give 100% of myself to each client and each person that needs my attention or time at that at that particular time. And I realized that there may be times when multiple people need my attention at the same time. Um, you know, whether it be trying to keep balls rolling at home while I'm at a birth and recognize that okay, it's about two o'clock in the afternoon and I'm with a, a laboring mom and I have to think. Do I think that this birth might happen before 3.30 so I could get home when my daughter gets off the bus at 4? Or do I need to call the school quickly and find that moment during somebody's labor that I can uh, go outside the door quickly and call the school and say my daughter needs to stay after school? And so trying to make those logistics happen while I'm being 100% present at somebody's birth, that can be challenging because I don't want to be my focus to be to be divided um but i also want to make sure that you know my daughters are taken care of and logistics at home are taken care of so that that can be a challenge um so i always respectfully ask the laboring mom you know is it okay if i i take a moment to either um, text somebody or uh, make a phone call to make sure that my my ducks are in a row for things happening at home. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you hit on something that's so definitely true. You know, we aren't just birth workers. We wear so many hats um, in this field, and whether it's that you're also a parent or a spouse or a student or a daughter or any of those things, you know, I mean, we have all of these different balls in the air at one time, and so it is definitely very hard, especially when you're at a birth um, to to just you know keep your eye on on that one goal and and uh, and then we would be remiss to to think that we really could at all times because there are so many other dynamics that we have to make sure we take care of. But like you said, not getting overwhelmed at the idea of it, not making it any more difficult than it needs to be, and it can just be mm-hmm. as simple as yes, just taking that moment, perhaps during your bathroom break or just asking your client during a quieter time to step out and get all your ducks in a row is is really all that's necessary to make sure that everything else uh, falls into place the best it can. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that. 
Um, the next segment that we wanted to touch on is kind of the flip side of your worst moment. And we like to call it the movie moment. But more simply put, this is just another specific moment as a birth worker where you realized this is why I do what I do. I was meant to be right here, right now. Excuse me. If you wouldn't mind sharing a time like that, that would be great. There have been many of those moments and the most fresh one that came to my mind as I was thinking about this actually happened this past Friday because like I said, there have been many um, and this is the most fresh and recent. Um, I was helping a couple and uh, her, her labor was slow and really not happening for a while and um, there are a lot of things that I did to actually help progress labor, and I won't go into that um, right now, but um, there was a moment when she was sitting on the birth stool. I have a birthing stool that I bring, and she was not, she was completely dilated. She had not have, had a cervical check, but we could tell, the midwife and I could tell by the way she was responding that she was getting very close, if not complete. And she was sitting on, on the birthing stool, and I was sitting behind her offering counter pressure. And I shifted my hands for a moment, and uh, she, she yelled out, and I could tell that it was, pain, it was painful when I shifted my hands. So I kept my hands on her very firmly, and my hands kept falling asleep. So in between contractions, I would, I would move my fingers and get the blood circulating again. Um, so I kept them very firmly on her for maybe two hours. And again, I could tell that she was getting to be completely dilated, but she never really felt a major urge or pressure or urge to push. And the midwife and I were waiting for that, um, that magic time. And I just felt this very strong sense that, and a very intuitive sense, and this is again, something I can't put in a bullet point of what I do. I just felt very strongly she needed to just stand up. So I said, I think you need to stand up. And when she stood up, baby started to come. Yeah. She was barely pushing. It just started to emerge. And I couldn't see anything because the midwife was crouching below her while she was sitting on the birthing stool and I was directly behind her. I heard the midwife say, or, or she said that the baby's coming and she sat back down and she, the midwife could tell that the, the client needed to move position. So she directed her very firmly to get up in the bed. She was close to the bed, so she got on hands and knees, and then midwife told her to flip over um, to help baby come out, and they, the shoulder was a little bit stuck, and in that time, um, the father was really having a hard time and very emotional. Both of them were, but they were very anxious and, and scared because the baby had to um, had a little bit of a difficulty and had to be taken over to the uh, warmer. And in that moment, the father pulled me close as I was close. She was close to the mother on the bed and father pulled me close and was holding me until they got the sign that baby was okay. Um, and part of the reason that there was a uh, struggle with the actual delivery and, and why it was so great that that the mother was sitting on the stool upright and that I had told her to stand up that really helped baby to emerge because baby was 10 pounds and six ounces. It was very wow. big. <laughs> so I, I think that if she would have been on her back. She would not have been able to push it out vaginally. So that really helped that I was there to help her feel comfortable to be on the stool and direct her to be on the stool. And then after baby came out and baby was fine, um, the father you know, pulled me close to him and, you know, definitely was relieved and he was in tears and he looked at me very, uh, with very passionate eyes and mouthed the words, thank you to me. Mm -hmm. And I was in tears and I just, I just nodded in affirmation that, you know, I, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't say those words, but <laughs> it was a very beautiful moment that 
you know, he needed that emotional support, not to mention the physical support of direction and labor. Oh, that's an absolutely amazing story. Thank you so much. You really did take us back to that moment with you. I felt like I was a witness to seeing the mom go through that birth and and then the the a beautiful surprise of it being um, such a, a larger baby, if you don't mind me saying. Um, I can only imagine how that must have heightened all of the feelings and, and the overall feeling of amazement in that room. And um, and then, you know, getting that, that affirmation from the father like that, that must have just been such a wonderful moment. And I'm so glad we got to share that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. Yes. Now, before we uh, move into the nitty gritty segment of the podcast, we're going to pause just to get a quick word in from our sponsors. Gentlebirth is celebrating 10 years of innovation in childbirth education. The Gentlebirth Institute trains childbirth educators to provide evidence-based interactive brain training for birth classes. Instructors provide parents with solid childbirth education, as well as mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnosis, and sports psychology. For more information on the Gentlebirth Institute's online interactive training, visit www.gentlebirth.com or download the app from the App Store or Google Play. And again, that was gentlebirth.com. All right, Chalene, we are back. And so now we're going to go ahead and dive just a little deeper to get to know you on a bit of a more personal level. Um, You already shared with us what you consider to be one of your biggest weaknesses as a birth worker. What would you consider to be your biggest strength? I believe it's my strength of peace and calm. Uh, I've been in many different birth scenarios and, you know, the first one being in South Sudan. And I realized during that particular birth that you know, I had, there were so many unknowns when I approached that laboring woman in the bush of South Sudan. I didn't know if she'd even have somebody there with her to deliver the baby, if I'd have to actually do that. And I remember um, breathing this small prayer and throwing my hands up and saying, God, you've got this. I don't. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, but you've got it. And I really believe that firmly. And I felt very calm, even though there were so many unknowns and I was very naive and and didn't know what to do. Um, So I carry that now, even when things seem to be chaotic, which often is in labor, um, or even when there's anxiety or um, complications, I feel like I can remain very calm and level-headed and at peace. And I feel like that the, the parents um, can glean from that and see that. And I've had dad say, when things seem to get chaotic, they just look at me and notice how calm I am, and they're able to reflect that. Oh, that's beautiful. What is one thing that has you inspired right now? Um, really, I desire to give information and, and be a resource for people um, and really help people to cultivate their internal knowing of their pregnancy and preparation for their labor. So I, I, I teach that in my classes, and it's really exciting to um, watch the mental shift and the emotional shift as they go through preparation and as they bring confidence to themselves and realize you know, how uh, their courage and the capability they have to go through labor. Awesome. What is one book that you would recommend to the Dearest Doula community and why? Uh, I'm looking at it here. It's called Letters to a Young Poet, and it's by Rainier Marie, Maria Rilke. 
It's the possibility of being. And um, this is something that a mentor asked me to read and reread uh, when I was preparing to live in a third world country. Um, and it's just be, it was very inspiring uh, words and really helpful to um, really help me to focus on my preparation as becoming a mentor and educator. Awesome. What is one personal habit that keeps you on your A game? My first thing I like to do in the morning is to get up and run or jog. And after that, I really like to just sit and have quiet time, whether it be to pray or meditate or just reflect on uh, my family, um, what I'm doing and, and bringing to the table and uh, my practice and just have quiet time and a lot of things you know come to me and it's very valuable to have that reflective time and it, and it really jump starts my day. Awesome. What is one internet resource like Kelly Mom that you swear by? Um, I don't think there's one particular but definitely social media and uh, reading people's blogs and keeping up with clients and friends and um, you know what's happening in other people's lives on social media and um, helping to answer questions on Facebook when people ask specific questions and you know, be becoming a resource there as well. Cool. And what is one item other than yourself that you consider your must-have as a doula? Well, other than myself, I was actually <laughs> going to say my hands. Um, you know, there are. I, I've heard other uh, doulas say that at different times as well, and um, I. I have a lot of different massage tools that I carry in my bag, but I never use them or hardly ever because I really can feel in my hands and sense where a woman's carrying tension and um, I'm very intuitive with my hands. And so that definitely is my, my most valuable tool. Okay, cool. Now let's say you woke up tomorrow in a completely new town. Your food and shelter are taken care of, and you have $300. What steps would you take in the next 10 days to build your business? Well, um, I would probably still have my current website, even if I was in a new town. So um, that would be helpful for uh, marketing. I would change the, um, the target area, but I think I would invest more in web services and business training and... Um, I would also change, take all of my marketing materials and, and change those for my current contact information um, and using some of that to uh, begin networking again in a new area and building um, referrals and just getting myself out there more in the community and that you know, takes resources um, depending on um, how that's done um, and just um, Continuing to bring my professional brand, um, maybe doing some uh, newspaper articles or magazine articles and advertising. Okay, awesome. Now, whether it comes to business building, attracting clients, or marketing your brand, what are some strategies that you've implemented that you really feel have helped to elevate your business? The biggest thing has been networking and finding other birth professionals, whether they be doulas or midwives or um, prenatal yoga or chiropractors and, and people like that, just to say, this is what I'm doing and um, meeting with those people, um, you know, bringing my information to those people, um, other you know, care providers, and um, also really touching on people that I have supported in the past and them becoming referrals for me. Um, 
so that's basically been it. And also goal setting and planning has been huge for me. Um, really sitting down to focus on what I would like to achieve and how I would like to get there. Awesome. And lastly, what is a quote that inspires you? It came from that, that book, Letters to a Young Poet. And this is something, an idea that I incorporate in my birth classes. The, the quote is, to have patience with everything that remains unsolved in your heart. Try to love the questions themselves like locked rooms and like books written in a foreign language. Do not now look for the answers. They cannot now be given to you because you could not live them. It is a question of experiencing everything. At present, you need to live the question. And part of what Birthing from Within encourages us as educators to incorporate in our classes is the idea of finding one's deepest question. And that quote pertains to that where we ask ourselves a question that can't be found in a book or can't be answered as yes or no, but to find a question that can help move us forward and bring action, like how can I bring my love to this moment and how can I bring my courage to this moment, whether it be in their life or during their birth. And that's something that really nobody else can answer, but you begin to live that question. Awesome. Oh, that was such a wonderful quote. Thank you so much. Well, Shaleen, the Dearest Doula community truly believes that what you do matters. So let's go ahead and end today with you sharing a parting piece of guidance to our listeners and a little more about the best way we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you. Uh, I really encourage people to spend quiet moments reflecting and praying or meditating and be becoming a dream or vision for your personal life and your business and your practice. Uh, spending those times are valuable to really um, let that work come from within you and finding your personal voice. And it's very easy to glean from so many others doing this work, but finding what really comes from you in those quiet moments is very valuable. Uh, again, I'm a childbirth educator and certified doula with Birthing From Within, and my website is rhythmofbirth.com, like the drum rhythm, rhythmofbirth.com. And I have a business Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Massey Shalene, Massey, M-A-S-S-I-E-S-H-A-L-E-N-E. So it's uh, facebook.com Massey Shalene is my business Facebook page. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shalene, for coming on the show. The Dearest Doula community will be able to find links to everything of value that you mentioned today, including those best ways to connect with you by going to dearestdoula.com, clicking on the podcast button and finding your name in the archives, or by simply typing in Shalene, which is, as you already spelled, S-H-A-L-E-N-E, in the search bar to have this episode's show notes page pop right up. We truly value and appreciate you sharing your unique and inspiring story and thanks to you, we are now all one step closer to being connected, educated, and empowered. Have a great day. Thank you so much. <laughs>